Paul Turnier, an influential psychologist, left us with this quote that I find fascinating. He said, the human condition requires that there are two things in life that we cannot do alone. One is to be married. The other is to be a Christian. How do you live the Christian life in our generation of social media connection, but personal and physical isolation? Let's talk about that. Social media has transformed over the last few years. I don't know if you've noticed it, but if you're on Facebook or Instagram or any of the other platforms, social media has evolved from the original promise of bringing people together in connection, and it has become a platform, they're all platforms now, for the consumption of content. We have what are called social media influencers, and they make content. Social media began as a way for people to connect. It has now become a, a way for you to passively receive uh, entertainment from people that you don't know. I find that fascinating because we were promised that social media would produce what they called in the early days a digital community. That's why in Facebook we call them friends. How many friends do you have on Facebook? We have followers on Instagram and, and other platforms use similar terminology, and yet the fact of the matter is uh, we're less engaged with actual people we know, and now we are observers of content made by people we've never met. Uh, when social media began about a decade ago, the first thing you would do when you established an account is they would say, let's search your contacts and find people you know that you can connect with. If you've noticed, when you establish a social media account today, it begins by saying, let's identify the areas of content that you want to receive. What are your interests? And they will feed us funny memes and video clips from people that we've never met. It's become simply another form of passive entertainment. The reality is the whole concept of a digital community turns out to be an illusion. And social media is now a performance platform that is not personal, it's strictly a business where content is produced by someone looking for clicks and follows and views because it's been monetized and it's now the way they make their living. We are no longer connecting to people. We are uh, the target. We are the audience. Now, what's, what's interesting is that the dissatisfaction with social media is now becoming obvious. And my hope is that in the, in the days and years ahead, there will be enough of a backlash that people will actually break the habits that they've established, sometimes the addictions that they've established, and social media will be less and less a part of our lives. As a tool for connection, it had potential, but now it's just become a smaller, briefer version of watching television. It may be time to turn off that passive entertainment, at least to pair it back, so that we can 
do what is necessary as human beings and develop actual community, be connected to real people. Now, one attempt to bridge this gap is what they call uh, the metaverse. Churches have actually tried to establish a presence on the metaverse. A metaverse is, is a computer simulation where you're able to uh, connect with people, but you do so with an avatar, um, and, and you can almost immerse yourself in a computer-generated, computer-animated world. There are churches now, VR Church and others, that are trying to create this community of faith in that kind of setting. They say things like, well, the anonymity of those who are involved allow people to go deeper and, 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 and to confess to things that they might be uncomfortable uh, talking to somebody that actually has a face, a, a person that they actually know. Um, I, I'm a little disturbed by the whole concept that we can do church um, in, in, in a sort of disconnected, artificial, computer-simulated kind of way. Uh, one pastor in the metaverse said this, the future of the church is the metaverse. It's not an anti-physical thing. I don't think the physical gathering should go away. Well, that's nice of him. He says, but in the church of 2030, the main focus is going to be your metaverse campus. I disagree. And here's the reason I disagree. It's because the way that God made human beings, we were not made for isolation. We were made for community. We were made for connection. And that connection is not some sort of faceless, uh, avatar-covered identity that, uh, that we have with total strangers. Uh, it's fine to meet people online and to talk to them, but you have to understand that you never know exactly who you're talking to if what they tell you is real because the the, na the nature of the uh, of that connection is always going to be illusory what we need as human beings is we need to be connected we need to have real relationships we need to share community now i find an interesting statistic in this day and age when, we, when, when statistics always point us to the decline of organized religion, they say, oh, people are disconnecting, they're now more unaffiliated than ever, and it, it's always about how you shape the, uh, the survey. It's always how you frame the questions because in one sense, people are, uh, especially the younger generation, in a sense they are uh, apparently less and less drawn to organized religion. And yet, the very latest statistics that I've just been exposed to is that weekly church attendance, people who get out of bed on a Sunday morning and actually go to their church and experience uh, a time of, um, of worship together with other Christians in person, weekly church attendance is now higher on average with both the Gen X and the millennial generations than it is with the boomers. Baby boomers have traditionally been the, the old standard 
uh, model of, of, of churchgoers. And yet the fact is now the younger generations that have come behind are more willing to actually get out of bed and go to church. The pandemic wreaked havoc with a lot of people's church attendance, and, and some people, even this far removed from those days of, uh, of closed churches and social distancing and the kinds of things that, that our nation went through, there are still people who are not back in the habit of going to church. I want to talk to those people. You see, uh, Hebrews chapter 10 says this. The author of Hebrews says, in, in verse 23, let's hold firmly to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. In other words, if you're a follower of Jesus, you hold to the confession of that faith because Jesus is faithful to walk with us through whatever we face. He says, and let's consider how to encourage one another in love and good deeds. In other words, we need the interaction with other believers so that we are strengthened in our Christian walk and, and we need to think through how we can be strengthened by them and how we can then in turn strengthen others. Well, the author has this to say. Let's consider how to encourage one another in love and good deeds, not abandoning our own meeting together as is the habit of some people, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. In other words, he says, our task as a part of the community of faith is that we are to encourage one another to follow Jesus, to walk the walk of, of faith. And that happens, he says, primarily when we meet together. I talked to a pastor um, probably more than a year ago now, and he said that they, um, they never had fully come back from the pandemic he said, a lot of what we do now is by live streaming and by meeting on Zoom. Even today, their church is doing that. And he said, what we discovered is that there was nothing that we were doing in person that we couldn't do just as well online. And I said, well, then you and I are doing church very differently because while live streaming is good for people who physically can't be at church, it is not a replacement. The metaverse is not a replacement. Computer connection and Zoom calls are not a replacement. We need to be physically together. Now there are critics who say, oh, preachers just want the church together because they want, they want their money. Listen, this is not about money. The, the, the wealthiest preachers in the world are preachers who have TV ministries. They have, you don't have to meet together to get money. If that was the motivation, I, I, just, I just tape a sermon from my house and, and, and never get out of my pajamas. No, meeting together is not about fleecing the flock. Meeting together is because the flock doesn't survive the spiritual battles of this generation if we're in isolation from each other. And Zoom calls and live stream, they're, they're good for what they do, but if that's the only way you connect, that's a problem. Let me talk to church members who have, um, who have become uh, increasingly irregular in their church attendance. I'm not talking about unchurched people. I'm not talking about de-churched or under-churched. I'm talking about what we might call semi-churched. 
people who have gone to the trouble to join a church, whatever that looks like. They've, they've jumped through the hoops to, to move into membership, but then we find that they're on again, off again in their attendance. They're here one Sunday and gone for two. Uh, it is actually a scandal that we claim the name of Jesus and yet have such a, a hobby approach to church life. Now, we've always had Christmas and Easter Christians, those people that just show up at church on those two religious holidays. I'm not talking about nominal Christians. I'm talking about people who have actually gone to the trouble to be a member of a church, and yet they have no particular beef with the church. There's not any problem. They just don't come. How do we process that biblically? Um, listen. I know people, people say things all the time. They go, well, you know, we don't go to church. We are the church. Blah, blah, blah. You can, you, can, you can wrap this in whatever pious language you want to. We are the church. The church is not a place. It's a people. But biblically speaking, there is no expectation anywhere in Scripture that we can be the church apart from regular assembly together. In fact, the Greek word for church is ekklesia, which in Greek simply means the assembly. So, well, we are the church. Yes, yes, the people of God assembled and then sent out only to reassemble. It's who we are. It's what we do. So if this if this fits you, if, you're, uh, if you consider yourself a Jesus follower, but you're casual or irregular in your involvement in a local church, let me ask you some questions. Have you established church as an inviolable habit for your family? See, when I grew up, I'm grateful now looking back that my parents didn't wake up every Sunday morning and say, uh, are we going to go to church today? You know, that that's like when you wake up and you say, well, am I going to go for a run today? Am I going to fix pancakes for breakfast today? That's living life by the whim of the moment. They knew, I knew growing up that it wasn't a question. When Sunday rolled around, it was time for church. And I'm grateful that that decision was made because on those days when you might not feel like it, you do it because you've already decided to do it, only to discover when you get there that you're glad you're with God's people. Secondly, do you plan ahead on Saturday so that you can make church a priority on Sunday? We're all busy, but frankly, if you watch football until midnight on Saturday night, if you stay out and do stuff, if Saturday night is, is your primary time to, to do things, uh, Sunday will always be inconvenient. Sunday will always be your recovery day. Are you willing to let your commitment to Sunday worship with the people of God, are you willing to let that commitment reshape what you do on Saturdays? Do you order your travel plans so as to minimize being gone from your church? Do you take a day off on Friday so that you can be gone somewhere and be home on Saturday? It's not unfair to, to say that we travel more than any generation that's ever been before us. Travel is much easier than it used to be. Families are more dispersed. We have the resources a lot of times to do a lot of things. And somewhere in all that mix, church is what we do if there's literally nothing else on the horizon. Let me ask you this. Are you willing to make sacrifices together with God's people and worship every Sunday? 
Listen, I've heard all of these comments. People say, but you don't expect me to cancel my plans on Saturday, do you? I can't possibly rearrange my work schedule. This job requires me to work every Sunday. I'd have to get a new job if I wanted to be regular at church. Sundays are my day to unwind. I won't get all the yard work done. I won't get all my studies done. My kids have to play soccer, and that requires us to be gone on Sundays. If homework is going to be done, it's got to be done on Sunday before Monday. Hey, I chill out every Friday and Saturday, and Sunday is when I have to sort of get a, a jump on the week. Surely God wouldn't want me to sacrifice too much just to show up at church. Not exactly taking up your cross and following Jesus, is it? Have you considered that if church is not important to you, that you might not actually be a Jesus follower? One of the evidences of salvation that the Apostle John gives us in 1 John is he said, we know. It means we have an unshakable knowledge. We know that we are in Christ Jesus when we have a love for the brothers. You see, this devotion to church it's not natural. It's supernatural. It's evidence that something extraordinary happens. Now listen, does going to church every week make you a Christian? Absolutely not. It does not. But does missing church 35 Sundays a year make you a non-Christian? Well, it's a good and important question to ask. God's people love to be with God's people. They love to sing praises. They love to share the table at the Lord's Supper. They love to be fed from the Word of God. They love to sing praises. They, they, they just love the fellowship of being with others who live by the standards and the values that they live by. Infrequent church attendance is at best a sign of spiritual immaturity, and at worst, it may be evidence of unbelief altogether. Whenever God leads people out of darkness, He calls them into the church. If the Sunday worship service is the community of the redeemed, what does your weekly pattern suggest about where you truly belong? We talk a lot here about social issues and cultural battles, but if we want to win our generation, we need to find our way back into the church. And we need to love gathering with God's people as the assembly, the church, salt and light in a dark and decaying world. It's the definition of who we are. Why don't you make plans right now to be sure that come Sunday morning this weekend, you're up and ready to go, and you're going to be in the midst of God's people, presenting yourself before the throne of grace. That's how we live the Christian life. That's how we encourage one another to the battles and the good works to which we are called. I'll see you at church. This is Truth Currents.